Nostroff, your business law and personal injury attorney here in Orlando, Florida. And this is our podcast slash Facebook live show. So during coronavirus, we've done this to go a little bit more uh, in person with people by going remotely in person. Joining me today is Michael Clark, a certified financial planner. Mike's going to talk to us today a little bit about you know the market and finances and whatnot along those lines. Uh, but before I let him introduce himself and drop his great wisdom on all of us, I just want to plug Yesterday, we had Dr. Nicholas Healy on to talk about food and nutrition. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., we have Moshe Amsel to talk about some things you can do financially during a recession from a business finances standpoint. And then um, if you're liking these videos and you want access to more of the videos, please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mark will put the link in the bottom. Um, like we told Mike, if he chose today, today is my birthday. So I'm asking for my birthday, if you would go subscribe to our YouTube channel just want to get to 100 subscribers so we can get our custom branded link. So it would mean a lot to me. With that, enough about me. Michael, what's up, my man? Sounds good. Well, thanks a lot for having me on. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so we have a financial planning practice over in College Park. And so we've been busy with that. You know, it's uh, kind of a, a different uh, time in terms of transitioning to, you know, Zoom, for all virtual meetings, a lot of calls. Uh, I've been doing a lot of videos just like you. So just trying to stay active, get updates out. You know, it seems like the news and stock market changes just about every day. So it seems like there's always something to update clients about and update people in Central Florida about. All right. So uh, before we get into that in a little bit more detail, what's the best contact information for you that we can give to our listeners slash watchers here? Yeah, so my website's letstalkfuture.com. And then you can also email me. It's michael at letstalkfuture.com. That's my uh, radio show website. And then we also do some videos there. But my full contact information is there. And you can also learn a little bit more about, about me and what I do. And uh, I guess uh, one of both of our good friends, JP Gilbert, just jumped in and said, I guess you guys were in the same fraternity in college. Yeah, sounds good. What's up, JP? So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're both in uh, Alpha Tau Omega. There we go. Cool. That's awesome. It's a it's yeah. a small world after all. It all is. right. So we got a we got Let's Talk Future com up there on your bottom third over here. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about you know your background and how you got into financial planning. Yeah. So actually, it started with the fraternity. Believe it or not. Look at that. Oh, there we go. Lead in right there. So there was a alumni that worked for. Raymond James. I didn't really know Raymond James at the time or even what that company was about or even what financial planning was. I mean, I, I knew the gist of it because I was studying finance at UCF, but I was on the board of the fraternity and an alumni let us use his office in downtown Orlando. And we were doing our annual you know, goal setting and going through what we wanted the next year to look like. And on one of the breaks, I went into his office and I said, hey, Steve, it was really nice of you to let us use your office. You know, we really appreciate it. It's beautiful, by the way. You know, do you ever do internships? And I just figured he would blow me off or he'd say, yeah, sure. Send me your resume and nothing would come of it. However, that was in like 2006, 2007. Sent him my resume. Sure enough, he connected me with a team at Raymond James. And I've been with this company ever since, you know, and I always stress the point that 
I asked a question that I thought the answer was going to be no, but I asked it anyway, threw it out there. He said yes, and it was really life changing. So I worked in that branch till about 2011, and then a group of us, there wasn't really a Raymond James presence, if you will, in College Park. So we launched the branch that I'm in right now in 2011. So we've been there ever since. And about four or five of us live right around the office. So my house is not, not that big of a deal right this second, but my house is about a half a mile from the office. So it's uh, very convenient for when we get back to normal and I have that commute, but I have a, a pretty short commute in the grand scheme of things. There you go. Um, let me see if, yeah, Mark, if you get a chance, if you can put a white background behind the Kieran Partners logo or something, it's tough to see the black on the navy blue for that. Um, yeah, so I love it. You know, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. Gary Vee always talks about sometimes you got to ask. And he's had, you know, multiple people that have asked him for a job that have gotten a job on the spot or at least gotten an interview. So for yeah. everybody listening, you know, this is just another proof that, you know, sometimes all you got to do is ask. Um, not that you'll necessarily get, not that you necessarily get success or everything that you want, but you'll get a lot more opportunities if you reach out and ask people for them. And then I always love, you know, grabbing lunch with you or, uh, or Rob and, you know, the office is in downtown college park, go to the restaurant right there. And I've never gone to lunch with any of you where we didn't run into somebody else who was a client, a friend, you know, Rob, uh, Rob went to UCF for uh, football for a couple of years. So we ran into a bunch of, you know, former partners and whatnot there. Thank you, yeah. Mark. That looks a lot better. Um, so really cool what you guys do, you know, to, to keep, keep a spot in that community, live in that community, work in that community and uh you know support that community yeah no it's it's great we've been entrenched and we try to stay entrenched you know college park does a really great job not to you know i'm obviously biased because i work and live here um, but yeah we certainly enjoy it and we know a lot of the people so uh can't wait to get back out to to lunch with you when we can and i think we probably owe you lunch since it is your birthday today and um Booking it, you said I'd have to sing to you, but that's that's probably not going to happen. In fact, I even have a story from the office. We do like birthday lunches or birthday celebrations in the office, and we always sing. And I've told everybody in the office this. We always post it to Facebook, and we are not good at singing. <laughs> and again, it, I've told them that a lot, so I hate when those videos go to Facebook because we're good at you know financial advice and managing other people's money. But unfortunately, singing is not what we're, uh, that's not our forte. So I did grab a sign for you, Jordan. Oh, my God. And it's um, right here. Now, you know, it doesn't have your actual name on it. We're going to a uh, drive-by uh, birthday later. You, you know, those things where you drive by and honk the horn and all that? Yeah. The, I figured uh, I'd grab that sign and let you know that you share your birthday with like a eight-year-old girl, too. So. Hey, you know, I probably share my name with a couple eight-year-old girls as well, so it's uh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, yeah, so we did so uh, our paralegal or one of our paralegals, his birthday is on May first, and so we've been doing a morning uh, Google Hangout call with the whole office, and so we went to sing to him, not realizing that basically Google Hangout only lets one person talk at once, so it was like jumping back between everybody singing, and then everybody was like off pace and off key, and it was i wish we had recorded it it had to be the worst birthday singing ever just because of the uh the technology on top of everything else so we uh, we we skipped that this morning 
Yeah. Um, but along those lines, before we get back into the financial planning, I know, you know, you may not be a good singer, but I know you're a phenomenal juggler. I am. I don't really have much I can, I can juggle, but no, yeah. no, that's totally fine. But I just, I always love, if you can tell everybody your story of doing Pecha Kucha with uh, yeah. juggling the knives and everything, I think that's so cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So I've had a, I'm say lifelong hobby of juggling, which is, I, I know certainly unique, but um, yeah, I learned how to juggle in the first grade. And then it's just been kind of a, a party trick uh, ever since. I originally learned how to juggle for hand-eye coordination for, for sports. And it absolutely is really good for that. About a year, year and a half ago, I had the opportunity to do what's called a Pecha Kucha, where uh, it's just a, an interesting thing, but it's a presentation where you have a PowerPoint that runs behind you and then the slides automatically transition every 20 seconds. So you don't control the time, you don't control when your slides transition, they're just on a timer. So you have 20 slides behind you that are gonna be on autopilot and so every 20 seconds, the slide flips. So it's a really good challenge. It takes place at Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. Uh, if you ever wanna check it out, they're gonna get back to, to doing that relatively soon, but it's called Pecha Kucha. I did one on juggling, and so I talked a little bit about why I learned how to juggle, how you can learn how to juggle, and then I actually did like progressively uh, different objects throughout. So I started with scarves, which kind of float throughout the air, and then I transitioned into balls, clubs, and then I ended with knives, which they let me do. The funniest thing was going through security at Dr. Phillips, and I have this bag full of you know balls and three knives in it. And the security guard just kind of gives me this weird look. And I was like, oh, I'm performing. And he's like, all right. But in my head, I was like, well, then what was the point of security? Like, I, <laughs> but it was like the funniest interaction, the, the security guard staring into my bag of this random stuff and a bunch of knives. And it's just like looking puzzled at me, but, uh, but pretty funny. But yeah, it was a great experience. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, if you, if you ever check that out, um, they always have very interesting topics. Um, obviously, I did one on juggling, but uh, the, the sky is really the limit when it comes to topics. Next time you'll have to do like uh, chainsaws and flaming batons yeah. and see if you can get like a, a flamethrower into the... They, I, did ask, I, can, I can do fire actually, but they would not let me do it. At oh, okay. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Very, very nice, very expensive building. I'm sure they don't want it to uh, burn down. Yeah, no, it, exactly. But uh, right. how are things in your practice? Are you going, everything's going well? Yeah, going well over here. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I tell people with the amount of business law that we do, we sort of get that uh, ancillary pulse on the economy. And so thankfully, we've seen quite the uptake over the last couple of weeks. And so I'm hoping that that will continue because obviously, you know, hear all the stories about so many millions yeah. of people going uh, through unemployment. But if you've got businesses, you know, needing new employment contracts and operating agreements and partnership agreements, that means there's at least, you know, that many people getting back to work. Yeah, no, for sure. It is a, a different world. And I think everybody's kind of eager to get back to normal and get back to business as usual. I did see two funny things that uh, passed over my desk. Well, one was a Facebook ad and it was for Zoom babysitting. I don't know if you saw that. No, but they're, uh, we had one on Friday that they're doing like goats or cows that they'll put like a video of them into your Zoom thing. Oh, that's pretty funny too. 
And then I got invited to a Zoom magic show, believe it or not. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, so we had oh, some on the board for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Central Florida. And so we did our gala virtually. And we had a magician who had like this really nice setup in his huh. house and did a really good, you know, like four cameras. And he had, so he basically had like, um, it was with dice and a hat. So he has those on the table in front of him. And then he's got buttons in front of it so he can switch to the different cameras to like zoom in on everything. Huh. It was, it was cool. Cause like, you can't really, you know, you can't really smoke and mirror somebody if their camera's literally just showing them like exactly what you're doing right there. So did a heck of a job. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's been interesting to see how, adaptable i guess the business community is yeah so one of the things that i want to talk about i know you guys do a really good job being proactive with your clients um when you know when you're giving people the bad news from the the beginning of this you know walk me through some of the steps that y'all took because i know that you know it's easy to judge people and everything's going well but you really get a good feeling for people when things aren't going as well and i know you guys did some some cool stuff with uh you know to keep clients from jumping off of buildings and whatnot yeah, no, for sure. I mean, during periods like this, and it, it always occurs, I always get really, I would say, interesting pieces that pass over my desk that shine some light on, you know, the current market environment and kind of where we're going. Um, so it's always fascinating to read all that data and all the comparisons. And so, yeah, you know, for the most part, you want to hang on to the investments. But for the most part, I've been giving people the, the same type of advice. And for the most part, people need to sit tight with their investments, you know, upgrade selectively when you can, and then maybe look for, for opportunities um, if it makes sense. So for the most part, you do want to sit tight with your long-term plan. I mean, if you're 10 years away from retirement and you're in accumulate, you know, accumulation mode, you just need to keep saving. There's rarely does it make sense to make dramatic moves. If you do want to kind of look for opportunities, well, now is maybe the time to, I would say, upgrade. And I've been saying upgrade selectively, you know, because maybe you did inherit, we'll just say Walmart stock from your, from your dad, or maybe you've had a long-term holding of XYZ company. Well, maybe now's the time you say, hey, you know what? I don't think Home Depot is going anywhere. They've been busy pretty much throughout this whole thing. Maybe you look at upgrading to some of the tech names that, again, are probably going to be here as staples for a long time. So maybe you do take this opportunity to, you know, not say, hey, we're going to go all into Shell Oil or we're going to go all into Apple stock. But maybe you do look at certain positions and say, hey, let's upgrade this to a, something that pays a higher dividend or maybe just a stronger company. And I've had some younger people saying, well, I do want to take some risk. Well, what do you got? What do you all think? And so on that front, you know, I would look at three different really risky uh, industries. That's cruise lines. We got airlines in that camp as well. And then the third one is energy. All three look pretty nasty when you look at them in terms of the investment side of things. And so there could be some opportunity in that. You know, I always tell people, you know, cruise lines and I would say airlines specifically, it's really going to be dependent upon how quick we get back up and running as an economy and as businesses. Because um, if we don't or we drag on for a long time, those two specifically 
are going to have to burn through a lot of cash as a company. But if we recover quick, you're going to see a huge spark in especially those two cruise lines and airlines. So, you know, I, I don't know how quick we'll get up and running, but those two are going to be very dependent upon it. And then energy, you know, other, when other countries fight over oil and we truthfully right now aren't using that much oil. Right. And I wish I could. I mean, the gas prices are, are awesome. Um, but we don't have, you know, supply is really, really high right now in with oil. So because supply is really high and demand's really low, well, that drives the price of oil down. So it's hurting a lot of energy companies. So those three, I would say, those three industries, there's some opportunity there, but there's a lot of risk. Again, cruise lines, airlines, and then a lot of the energy names. So again, that's been my kind of narrative for for the you know the past I would say three or four months is you know sit tight. Can we upgrade certain parts selectively? And then if you do want to look for opportunities, here's a couple ideas, but just take it with a grain of salt. And again, I do think it, it a lot of it's dependent upon how quick we get back to normal. Um, you know, I. I I think it's still, the jury's still out on that. So a, uh, a good friend of mine, Jason O'Neill, a real estate attorney we had on a couple weeks ago, said that the uh, Zoom babysitting sounds cool, but also negligent. Right. So <laughs> leave, leave, leave it to the lawyers to look at the uh, the downside for stuff. And then a uh, another Mike Clark says that we are both interesting to listen to. I don't know if that's a, uh, a relative or whatnot of yours, but either way, it works out well. Sweet. Um, so when you're talking about the projection, I mean, everything that I've seen has us doing that, you know, really terrible quarter two, but then getting back up quarter three, quarter four. Is that still in place? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I think a lot of it is already kind of priced into the market. You know, I mean, you look at March and if you had any sort of investments, pretty much whatsoever, that first statement you received in April showing how you did in March didn't look very good. And I think the market was pricing in a lot of those negative news stories that we're going to see and a lot of the data, you know, because it was just last week, a whole bunch of people, it was like 3 million filed for unemployment. And the market kind of says, yeah, we kind of already knew. And it didn't really push the market down as much as you would think. You'd think that'd be like a, you know, send us into a Great Depression or something like that. But it really didn't. And it's because the market had already priced that in. And, you know, I think this is going to be very similar to the last half of 2009 and throughout 2010. You know, we hit a bottom in the stock market in March of 2009. And then after that, it was off to the races. However, there was still a whole bunch of bad headlines. You know, the headline of market reaches a bottom, well, that, that's not going to occur. We don't know right. that until it's reached the bottom and history, you know, we can kind of look in the history books. But there's going to be a lot of bad news. And I think the type of bad news that we saw in 2009 and 2010 is going to be very similar to what we see the rest of the year. Because there's still going to be a lot of bad news coming out, whether or not certain you know, whether we get back to normal with travel, whether tourism here in Orlando gets back up and running and gets to be as strong as it, as it once was. I mean, obviously, I hope it does. 
Um, but there's going to be a lot of, well, I would say, headline risk in the near term. And, but that doesn't mean that it's not already priced into the market. So when you see a negative headline, don't let that you know, knock you off your game or say, oh, Disney's doing this, so maybe I shouldn't fund my 401k. Well, no, those two are, are a little disconnected. So I still think there's a lot of bad headlines coming out, but that doesn't mean the market can't run up or continue to rebound from this point forward. And that's what we think. We, we think this is going to be a nice recovery. We think we're going to get back to normal. I think there's still a lot of pent up demand to get back to restaurants, to do happy hours, to start traveling again. I think there's a lot of people that are sitting in their houses right now with money that says, hey, you know what? I do want to get back up to normal. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat the bad situation we're in with unemployment and a lot of the stress people are going through from a, from a health perspective. I, I totally understand that. But I do think there is a subset of people that they're ready to get back to business and ready to get back to normal. And I think we'll see that demand spur us back up. Well, and even from that standpoint, I mean, you know, if you were somebody, if you were one of the millions and millions and millions of people laid off, the economy bouncing back is better for you. I mean, it puts you in a better perspective to get that job back quicker um, as opposed to the economy keeps going down. Then you're just going to have more and more people on unemployment looking for work uh, as opposed to, you know, businesses hitting that economic rebound and trying to hire people. Yeah, no, for sure. And I know there's a lot of business owners on here, so it's certainly been a extreme struggle for them. I mean, we've had extreme unknowns, you know, whether whether you're going to be open, whether or not, um, whether you're going to get the, some of the stimulus money. So I, I know it's been a very stressful time. So I did want to speak directly to that audience as well, um, specifically on the, you know, retirement benefit. So if you're a business owner that has a retirement benefit, could be a 401k, could be a 403b, profit sharing plan, you name it. There's all these uh, terms to describe it. But if you have a retirement plan for your employees, I do want to shine some light on that. And I think the big one is communicate to your employees. So communicate, hey, not only what are you doing on the business side of things, hey, here's what I think, but also communicate the retirement benefit. So I think that I've seen that kind of get lost in the shuffle with everything going on right this second. If you're strong enough of a, as a company to have a 401k or a retirement benefit, that's fantastic. If you're making any changes with it, communicate those changes, but don't forget to reinforce that you have that. Hey, if you still have a match, remember, we still have a match. It speaks to our commitment to help you save for retirement. Here's a helpful piece on the investing side of things, whether that's from your provider or your financial advisor. So just being having that open line of communication, don't forget the 401k plan in the equation because it's a very nice benefit for a lot of people that I think some business owners just do to, holy cow, there's a hundred other things I need to worry about. Um, sometimes the 401k or retirement benefits kind of falling through the wayside. So don't don't forget to reinforce that as an employee benefit to retain employees during this environment. And so um, to backtrack for a second, 
you know, you're talking about the uh, economic rebound and everything we have going on. You mentioned the stimulus package. I, you know, I don't know that we can know what impact the $2 trillion had on a lot of these things. But from your perspective, I mean, is that something that you think has had an impact? Is that something you think has kept the market, you know, buoyed a little bit? Or you think that's something that didn't have as much of an effect or, has already, or we've already seen the effect or we haven't seen the effect yet? Yeah, no, I think it definitely buoyed the market and helped it rebound in April. And I think we saw the results in April. I think we saw okay. you know, March was pretty devastating. April, we saw the effects of all that money coming in and it rebounded pretty nicely. Now, did we hit all time highs? No, you still have that, what we call high water mark uh, of ending 2019. So you haven't recovered past that point, but you did get some of the gains back if you were investing in either US stocks or some international stocks, you did see a nice recovery in April. And no, I think it absolutely speaks to the stimulus money coming into the market. And I think it speaks to the market pricing in something worse than actually occurred. But I think we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the COVID-19. I mean, we're not obviously through it yet, um, but I do think we're starting to see, all right, here's what this is going to look like. Where you go back February, March, I don't think anybody knew, and we kind of thought the world might come to an end. Um, so that's what the market was pricing in. And so I, I think it's a combination of both why we're seeing the rebound is that stimulus money, and then also on the expectations of how bad it was going to be, we're starting to get some clarity on it, which is really what the stock market and economy like. They, they like certainty. They like knowing, hey, who's, who's the president? What are these companies? How many new phones is Apple going to sell? What does Home Depot's profit look like? Right. You know, that's what the market and economy like. And 2020 is pretty much the definition of uncertainty from COVID-19, to what's going on in, with crude oil. We got the election coming up in focus in about six months. I mean, 2020 is just the epitome, uh, epitome of uncertainty. So are you foreseeing that, you know, because right now that PPP money is lined up to June 30th, are you foreseeing a dip after that? Or are you all projecting that we've recovered enough that businesses will wake their way through it with normal gains as opposed to being reliant upon the $2 trillion from the government? I think the latter. I think, okay. yeah, I think the economy is going to get back up and running. I, I think we're, I think it was enough. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer in that we'll see new highs again relatively quick and um, it'll be back to smooth sailing. All right. That's a phenomenal, your, uh, your, your lips to God's ears, you know, hopefully that's the, uh, the thing that we got going on here. So I know, you know, I know you guys have uh, compliance issues and we can't really get into, you know, terrible specifics. I know you talked about three of the different categories for people that are younger, but from that overall perspective, you know, what, what else are things that people can be looking out for uh, now? And then I also want to talk about that kind of going, you know, going forward long-term. Yeah, no, I think one thing to look at, especially for the, the younger people or still in the like accumulation phase is should you do a Roth conversion? So that's not really a topic we've talked about up to this point. 
But a Roth conversion allows you to take money that's never been taxed or to put it another way, money that's going to be taxed when you access it in retirement. You maybe say, hey, you know what? I've lost the money on my investments. Is now the time to convert that money to Roth? Doing so, you pay the taxes this year. However, the good news is you're getting them out of the way. And then when you go to retire, you've paid the taxes now. So I bring that up. You know, Roth conversions might be something to look at. It's not necessarily a, you know, sexy story. Hey, Apple's better than HP right now. And you right. that. But from an actual financial planning perspective, just sheer reality, well, a Roth conversion makes more sense now than it did back in December as the price is assuming you're investing in something that has some sort of risk associated with it. A Roth conversion makes more sense than it did um, just a few months ago because the prices are lower and that's what you pay the taxes on. So that's something to think about. Again, not necessarily an exciting story, but it could be pretty impactful when you actually go to access your money in retirement. And that's absolutely a personal decision, but still something to look at during this period. And then the other thing I would say, another kind of basic well, thing. Wait, hold on, before you, before you jump on that. So, and also from that Roth conversion, you probably have a lot of people that are gonna be at a lower tax bracket based upon getting you know either furloughed or a pay cut or something like that for quarter two. Exactly, yeah, so okay. it does make sense from that perspective as well. So yeah, I mean, the other thing would be just real, I don't say basic, but um, with you know the current environment, I mean, we've had January, February, March, all pretty bad to say the least. And then we've had a nice little, not a full rebound, but we've had a nice little pop up here in April. So one thing that I've been talking to two groups specifically about, one would be people that are nearing retirement, so if you're nearing retirement relatively quick, maybe you use this opportunity to set aside some cash. Maybe you do liquidate some of the investments, not a ton of them, but maybe you say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna retire soon. Let's get a year's worth of cash just in case the next six to nine months is kind of sloppy on the stock market. Let's at least get that cash. Along those same lines, college planning. So maybe you have a senior in college or a senior in high school and they're getting ready to go to college just in a few months. Maybe it is time to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we don't really want to be forced to sell something in the fall. We got a nice little pop up here in April. Let's take advantage of it. Let's get a semester or two set aside as cash. I, I do think there is some risk as I've been saying, how quickly we get back up and running. Because if it is a kind of slow crawl, I think it is gonna still be a little sluggish in those six to nine months. I think we all know where this thing takes us in three years, four years. I think we all know the story because we saw it in 2008, 2009. We know how the story ends. It's right. that short period that I'm a little worried about with those people that are retiring and the people that are um, going to have to pay for college in the real short term. Again, if you're in accumula accumulation mode, I'm brimming with confidence. 
you know, that that's totally fine. However, on the other side of it, the shorter term where you need money from the investments, I do think you take take some of the risk off the table, knowing that, hey, you know what, we're going to have to use this money. Because I think the benefit of it going up a little bit more is too much of a risk. I think you give that up to protect it. Just because I think the downside, I'd hate for you to lose money and then be like, hey, you know what, I now I can't pay for you know, semester number two. So go ahead and I, I think raise some of that cash now. Take the opportunity of the market bouncing a little bit, um, whether it's for retirement or college planning. Again, speaking to the real short term side of things. Yeah. And I think that's a topic that a lot of people don't really talk about is, you know, a lot of times when it comes to the stock market, time is your best resource, even more than money. Yeah. You know, if you've if you've got 30 years to take to leave this money in the market, you know, you're you're always going to win or at least you're going to win for, you know, 20, 25 years at that time. It's really the people that are getting into those last, you know, three to five years that really need to make sure they're properly capitalizing. And so it's weird to see. You know, it's weird to see a lot of these people at 62 losing their shirts in the market when they were planning to retire at 64, 65. And you're like, wait a minute, why were you so stock heavy that close to the end? Yeah. And it's one thing if you have, you know, maybe a year or two worth of cash on the side, because that's the big risk with whether it's college planning or retirement is if you're having you're taking money out and it's a bad market, like let's just say. March, you had to take money out to maybe pay the mortgage or pay the power bill or whatever. Well, that money was spent. That money went to pay the power bill for April's recovery. Well, it wasn't there. The money right. paid the power bill, so it didn't recover. So it can be very negative on the downside because you have that double whammy of the stock market dropping and spending. So if you have that cash, it smooths out that ride. Because then you can make the call. Hey, you know what? Things are going really well. Let's sell some investments to pay the power bill. Or when times are bad, well, you know what? Let's give the investments a little bit more time to recover. Let's send the power company some of that cash. So if you have both, you'll be able to kind of play around with it and be a little bit more strategic than just saying, well, power bills do. Let's, let's sell whatever out of the investments. All right. So to uh, everybody listening and watching, you got any uh, semi last minute questions, you want to go ahead and drop them in here. We'll make sure that we ask Mike. Um, but before that, you know, um, or I guess while people are typing that or thinking about it, can you give us your contact information one more time? We've got sure. the uh, let's talk future.com on your bottom third. Perfect. Uh, but, you know, any other contact info you want to make sure people have? Yeah. So you can always search let's talk future right on Facebook. And then you can always shoot me an email, Michael at that website, let's talk future.com. So I'm just M I C H 